heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. So here we are, three quarters of the way through January of, believe it or not, 2019. <laughs> if that doesn't blow your mind a little bit, it surely blows mine. But, you know, the winter's always a little bit darker, and then st the spring starts to come. And the beauty of that here on The Masculine Journey is, like King David, it's a time where kings go out to war. And for us, that would mean boot camp coming March 21st to the 24th. So last week, we did a show on what boot camp is not. <laughs> and I would say that it's a lot of fun to go back and listen to that podcast and, and enjoy some of those clips that we chose to have fun with that. But as you might guess, we coming back this week, and I am just thrilled to death to have in the studio with me my old friend and the original boot camper who took me on the original journey with Sam, was Darren Kuhn, is with me, as well as Rodney, who was in the very last boot camp, his very first one, and then a, another dear old friend, the oldest here, because he told us a few minutes ago he was born in 41, so, you know, Harold, welcome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm still walking. So... I want to start off with a clip that really apparently was instrumental in a lot of ways that we even have these boot camps because, Darren, you had gone off to John Eldridge's boot camp and then you saw this movie, Defiance. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember whether I went to uh, – I, I guess I had been to at least one Eldridge boot camp at this point. I think I had maybe been to the second one, the advanced boot camp. But uh, Sheila and I had – gotten married uh a year or so before that and uh we literally were considering moving to zimbabwe oh, and heard. uh yeah well we gotta drag you this so, to find out this story zimbabwe anyway, we yeah, were there you go and so we were literally trying to decide do we go to zimbabwe with her being a nurse uh you know a, a practitioner and and all of this stuff and me having construction background and preaching background and all of these things and we had some friends really trying to talk us into doing that and uh, we were planning a trip to Zimbabwe and that trip got canceled oddly enough and at the same time I was you know we were really wrestling with well you know I've got a really kind of I thought it was a unique story what I found out was it wasn't all that unique it was pretty much the same as everybody else's story um, as far as men getting terribly wounded um, in the battle and, you know, falling out and uh, divorce and so forth and so on and and addiction and recovery and all those different things. And so I also knew that, you know, there was that portion of it. And uh, God had been pulling me towards starting Dangerous Heart Ministries, Dangerous Heart Boot Camps, Masculine Journey Radio Boot Camps now, all of those things and uh, I didn't really realize it at the time but Sheila and I went to a movie one night and it happened to be the movie Defiance and when I came out of that movie 
um, it's a true story. Number one, it's a true story of uh, four brothers, the Bielski brothers um, from Belarus, and their whole lives got turned upside down. Their families get killed, murdered. Their friends get murdered um, by the Nazis. Uh, the Russians aren't treating them really well either. And so they're kind of betwixt and between, and uh, they go out into the forest and live that way for a few years and save the lives of literally thousands upon thousands of Jews during the midst of World War II. And I was very convicted when I walked out of that because most of my arguments were, I don't have what it takes. Um, you know, I don't have a team around me. I don't know who's going to be a part of the team, da, 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 all this different stuff. And that whole movie... And the whole life true story is they didn't either. One of them went out into the woods and another went out into the woods and God started bringing the right people out into the woods. And <laughs> they built a community of people that saved a lot of lives. Lieutenant Kindergård of the Code Red, didn't he? Be that would be... Lieutenant Kindergård of the Code Red, would be Lieutenant Kinder. That is probably not... That is the definitely Defiance not trailer. the movie so that started all of this. I was just wanting to this. give you a little hint of what might be coming later. <laughs> save a life you must take responsibility for it what if we take all of you with the old to seek there are thousands how will we live we will protect you you are hiding here in the forest we will start rebuilding the lives that you have all lost Everyone will work, there are no exceptions. And we will become warriors. Fire! And anyone else would rather fight than wait to be killed. Now is your chance. We may be hunted like animals, but we will not become animals. We've all chosen this. Every day of freedom is an act of faith. probably heard that trailer maybe a hundred times <laughs> seriously in the way i've used it at boot camps etc cetera, etc cetera. there are so many unbelievably powerful statements in that minute and 50 seconds it blows my mind and you know if i go to my own story and and you know how many of us are really we you know when you look at life it's you're in the woods and and people are dying I mean, really, they're getting shot up, and all that horror is, it's all really there. Unfortunately, a lot of us don't realize that we're being shot yeah. or that we're dying. No, I wouldn't have. Yeah. 
And so I came to my first boot camp for, you know, I was just thinking it was a Christian retreat, like the show we did last week, you know, that this is what a boot camp is not. And they show this movie, you know, Darren was, you know, they show the movie the first night, you know, and I'm sitting there and they're showing this movie at a Christian event. I'm like, what? Do they not hear these words? <laughs> Do they not see this sexual, you know, you know, and I'm like, really? They're showing this movie? You know, the religious spirit was alive and well um, <laughs> as I walked in. But, man, all night long, it just came after my heart. Like, is this real? Is this what real, you know, is this reality? Of It's kind of like I've been in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. I've been reading a book called Defying Hitler, and it's not about Hitler at all. It's it's a it's one man's story, uh, just an average everyday guy who is born, and he's like seven years old at the end of the First World War, and he grows up in Germany, and he's a very patriotic German and a good guy with a with a good heart and a good soul, and uh, he walks you through through his personal story of how a good man, a righteous man who just walks through life can end up becoming in essence a nazi and it's all because of the choices we don't make instead of the choices that we do make and it's a fascinating book and and it was written in 1939 and it 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 only covers his life up through about 1934 and as i'm reading this i have to keep reminding myself he's writing in 1939 most of what we know of world war ii hasn't even happened yet and he is so insightful about how the average person just goes through life just trying to make life work just trying to make it go just make it easy make it calm and 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 just you know get through high school get through graduate school get the job get the wife get the kids the the whole nine yards and never expecting to walk down this road that you end up walking down when you just put one foot in front of the other and and you don't have the ability or the the community of people around you that are brave enough to stand up and say whoa wait what if what if there's a freedom out there that you've not experienced yet what would it take to to get a bite of that freedom? And so, when I th- when I think about that, and then Rodney sent this clip in on you can't handle the truth and working for the Truth Network. I may have heard this clip a few times myself, <laughs> um, but I want you to listen to it with fresh ears, perhaps, of what the religious spirit in you feels like. <laughs> I'm talking about in you personally, like Robbie Dillmore. I did not realize. And, and this Mine is, hates Disneyland. Right. Just, but, you know, here, here is Jack Nicholson. And, and think about how a Pharisee might have felt, you know, as he was confronted with Jesus, as he was being confronted with the truth. Lieutenant Kendrick ordered the code red, didn't he? Because that's what you told Lieutenant Kendrick to do. Object! Colonel Jessup, did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You? 
You, Lieutenant Weinberg. I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for Santiago and you curse the Marines. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know, that Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives, and my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Either way, did you order the code red? I did the job. Did you order the code red? I'm here with my son Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to PO Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. What God does at Masculine Journey Radio Boot Camp. When I first got here, I was kind of closed off. Didn't really want to talk to anybody because I thought it was stupid. I didn't believe. I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like each person who spoke kind of chipped away at this feeling I was having and chipped away at this mask I was hiding behind. I've never heard anybody speak about God and Jesus and the way we're supposed to feel like you guys have this weekend. What a gift. $199 Masculine Journey Radio Boot Camp. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. at the truth network we're now standing (laughs) but the point is the truth is marching and 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 the irony of the you know jack nicholson story there is he's the one who actually at that point had not handled the truth in his own story you see you know there was a lot of truth that he had not really faced and a lot of things that he was you know essentially judging everybody else because that's what the religious spirit does rodney that's that's the sense of it and you know the beauty of it is that we all have this you know tom cruise character is coming after us yeah the pose here for jack nicholson uh, colonel jessup is that hey i know better than all you guys know and just listen to me do what i say and you'll be fine don't read the book yourself just come with me. I'm going to lead you there. You all know you need me there. Just admit it. And is going after what his version of the truth is. And what Tom Cruise is going after then is 
what's the real truth behind everything that is going to hold us all together that we have to hold as our higher honor. He says all the right words. He's the uh, seven steps to being whatever kind of man or woman you want to be instead of being the real truth that's going to come after your heart and take you away on a much, much bigger adventure and journey. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, and I mean, at a, at a boot camp, um, this show is about what a boot camp is, right? Yeah. So at a boot camp, we're not that guy. The people standing up in front of you talking are not giving you, as Rodney just laid out, seven steps to making your marriage work. Here's eight steps to get over pornography. Here's, you know, 23 steps to, to, to get out of legalism um, or we're you know we're not uh, having a, a verse quoting session either where you know can you quote this verse and can you quote that verse and i've been to so many different men's things um most of the time invited by somebody because they heard what i was doing and thought man you're gonna love this and i would go and my skin would be crawling by the time i would be done and uh um you know when i went to the first boot camp uh I went as a skeptic. I, I, I knew I needed something. I, I knew there were some answers that I, I couldn't figure out, and, and uh, I was looking for something. I was looking for some deeper truth, um, and I had been a, a pastor of churches for the better part of 20 years at that time and uh, um, went as a skeptic and you know wrote down everything that uh, Eldridge said or that mcconnell said or bart hansen said or morgan schneider said or any of those guys and and you know furiously wrote down all the scriptures that they quoted and kept flipping through my bible and checking everything and and i grow up in the same tradition that uh, harold grows up in where we're really good at checking the facts and uh and i did that just copiously and i really struggled to to find things to refute the things that i was being told and the reason was is because it was all scripture it might have been scripture that i hadn't heard before or that i hadn't read in that particular way before or that i hadn't preached in that particular way before um, but it was scripture and so as i went through it um and started asking well so what what if i mean what what if this freedom is really out there because i think that's what most men are looking for most men are looking for freedom yeah, And they think it's going to come politically or it's going to come economically or it's going to come uh, sexually or um, through diligence and hard work or, or whatever. But they're looking for freedom. They, they might not even realize that. And the freedom that we're looking for is, is only going to come from one place, and that's from a pretty intimate relationship with Jesus. Right. And, and, and that doesn't happen overnight. Which leads to our next clip, as you might be shocked to know. But um, <laughs> I, I, at one point in my life, started writing screenplays and studied how to do that. And I found out that one of the fascinating parts of doing that, what made it really fun, was to understand the concept of a character arc. How a really, a really great story starts out with a character like Ebenezer Scrooge that's hardened and He's, he's obviously been wounded greatly, and he obviously has all kinds of idols he's dealing with and all kinds of addictions he's dealing with. I mean, this guy's broken. And so 
you know, whether we want to face that fact, that's kind of who we're becoming <laughs> without the help of the Spirit, without the help of Christ. And so in, in Dickinson's genius, the character arc of Ebenezer Scrooge takes him on a journey. And in that journey, he goes and revisits his identity, his past, to see where the wounds took place and kind of what went on there so that he could come into the present to begin to see, you know, what a present the present would be if he had made different choices, those kind of things and things that he wanted to work on. So the fascinating thing for me and the, and the thing for boot camp that makes it so different from anything else is, is clearly the times that you take these things out from the talks and you go with God. And it eventually is the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present and the ghost of Christmas future that actually changes things in your life because you know, God's the one who is going to bring this stuff up and heal. He's the one who's going to bring this stuff up and restore identity. He's going to be the one who brings this stuff up and gets that. So for a minute, you, when you would think about character arc, we're going to listen to Ebenezer Scrooge, who's played by George C. Scott, who's one of the greatest actors of all time, and listen to the joy. Listen to how people that would have annoyed him before now are the most favorite thing he can have in his life. I mean, you got a lot in common, Philip. That's both not it. Both of us is handsome devils. I just have a both like our... We'll try this, this Scrooge. <laughs> that was the handsome devil Scrooge. <laughs> Nine o'clock. Daylight. But what day? Hello, you there, boy. Me, sir? Yes, you, my good fellow. What day is today? Today? Why, it's Christmas Day, of course. Christmas Day. I haven't missed it. The spirits did it all in one night. Well, they can do anything they like. Of course they can. Um, <laughs> hello, my fine fellow. Hello. Do you know the poulterers in the next street but one? Uh, on the corner? I should hope I did. Intelligent boy. Remarkable boy. Um, do you know if they've sold the prize turkey that was hanging there? The one as big as me? <laughs> Delightful boy. <laughs> Pleasure talking to you. <laughs> the one as big as you. It's hanging there now. Well, go and buy it. Yes, go and buy it and bring them round so that I may tell them where to deliver it. Come back with the man, I'll give you a shilling. Come back in less than five minutes, I'll give you half a crown. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. I must stress myself. So much to do. I don't want to lose any time. What? I, I, I was light as a feather. I was happy. I, I'm going to stop that because I don't want to lose the the time to for those around me to express what it was like to actually have an encounter with God, or almost as much fun to watch the boys in a listening prayer encounter God and actually hear His voice and see that joy as they actually, you know, began an experience with the real God. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, um, you know, I, I grew up in the acapella Church of Christ and uh, love, love that um, group and, and am thankful for that. However, I had never been told that God talks to me directly other than through Scripture. And uh, in fact, I had been told that he doesn't. Um, and so I believe that and I walked in that because, you know. The general had told me that's what I'm supposed to believe, and that's what I believed. 
And when God did finally come to me and speak very directly to me, um, it was really, really hard for me to to grasp. Um, it was comical. Uh, it was tearful. Um, it was happy. It was a whole range of emotions. Um, and while that was really cool and that was a, a story that began to repeat itself over and over and ultimately the first time when I speak of the first time God did that, I'm really speaking of probably the thousandth time that God did that. It's that I had totally and completely dismissed all the other times. And I can't tell you how many people have been to a boot camp who we've sent out into a covenant of silence time. Um, and all that means is you go be silent. Let God do the talking. That's, that's really all it means. And so don't you know hear covenant of silence and freak out about that. Um, and hear them come back after they had written down what it is that God had talked to them about. And how incredibly insightful that had been. Or when we have a time of prayer and we don't know a guy from Adam, literally don't know a guy from Adam, and we begin to pray over that guy. And God begins to speak to us about how to pray for that person. And when we have the guts to do it, the testicular fortitude, <laughs> um, I will say, um, <laughs> To go ahead and do what it is that God is asking us to do right. and pray what God is asking us to pray over that man, the breakthrough that that man finds. And you know many, the, Josh, Corey, who's you know here every week, oh, yeah. um, and many, many others, when we begin to pray the things that God told us to pray, um, they often will turn around and say, wait a minute, how do you know my story? I don't I don't know your story. I was just feeling God say, pray this over Josh. And uh, when that happens, it's very, very enlightening. It's it's life change. I mean, I, you know, I've seen it happen with 12 year old boys mm -hmm. at boot camp. I've seen it happen with 80 year old men. Mm -hmm. They hear from God. It changes everything. And so, like God showed up in the wilderness for the Israelites, he's going to show up at boot camp on March 21st through the 24th. It will be a life changer, a game changer. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. And you could come on the show next time, you know, after the boot camp. And you could be one of those that share what a boot camp is. And I would be willing to guess that it will be life changing. Mm. Because God shows up. Thank you for listening.